I mean, I gotta be straight with you. I'm not very excited. I hope that this show has some worth as a piece of art, lowercase yes. a, to be listened Ooh. to, because then it'll all be worth it. But I, uh, I don't want to do this. Long story short, we recorded most of an episode about Harley Quinn, the Birds of Prey, and whatever else. We never even got to talk about Mad Love before our recording equipment uh, kind of took a shit. And yep. so we're doing it all again. And I can't think of anything I'd rather do again less than record this show other than see Birds of Prey again. Yeah, I, I, I hear But you. right now I might, if there's nachos. If there's nachos. With jalapenos. Oh. I might watch Birds of Prey again rather than record this. Okay. Because I could just fall asleep after I'm done with my nachos. Yeah, I hear you. Um... <sighs> It's painful. Let's make it as least painful as possible, shall we? That means we got to show up. Yeah, I know. Um, we're we're here. We're uh, queer. Ready to talk about it <laughs> and no. get used to it. <laughs> we're here, and uh, I am not happy about this film. Uh, so short review, uh, bad. Uh, slightly longer review. Don't see this movie. Right. And the full review. Don't see this movie. You haven't seen it. It only made $33 million. Right. Uh, we will not be seeing Birds of Prey 2. No. Ever. No, it will never grace our screens. But we'll get more into detail in that when we get to it. We're the Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm Joined your... as always by my co-host, my ready to go. So, so here, so queer, so getting used to it that she's just ready. She's jumping off the blocks. Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Mikan Hana. Do you think the horse only knows to go when... The doors open, and then that school bell rings, and yeah. then it's like off to the races, right? Well, they must train them that way, right? Can or... you psych? Yeah, I'm sure they train them that way. They probably give them an electric shock up their butt, like oh. when that, that bell goes off. But yeah. does uh, it, does a horse ever get psyched out like a like a linebacker? You know, and just like I'm not going. No, just like they're they're in the um what a corral or whatever, not, not right. corral. What do you call it? I have no they're idea. They're in their little slots, it. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and we're waiting. It's the Preakness. And this horse is just ready to go. He, well, he's jacked up on like antihistamines, but like he's <laughs> and like it's like oh, and the horse is like whoa, no, no, and he hits the thing and it's like sorry, sorry, it's not where we're go. <laughs> and then psh, oh, we're going. <laughs> we're already bringing it. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're also bringing you all the news that's fit to cast in the world of nerdy entertainment. The Birds of Prey. We're uh, talking about the film Birds yes. of Prey, which came out this weekend. And, um, you know, we could have done uh, some of Connor Palmiotti, uh, Harley Quinn comics, mm. but I thought, well, I don't want to do that because I don't want to read those comics. Sure. I don't think those are they're all that good. Um, let's read a really good Harley Quinn comic. And then, as luck would have it, it turns mm-hmm. out that the film draws very heavily on Mad Love yeah. by Bruce Tim and Paul Dini, mm-hmm. which we read for the show, mm-hmm. and doesn't look good compared to Bruce Tim and Paul Dini's no. 40-page comic Mad Love, no, uh, which we've talked about on the show previously. Yeah. It was like three years ago. It was. I think it was like exactly three years ago. It was. Yes. So it's time to talk about it again with a, another Harley Quinn movie coming out, really the first Harley Quinn movie coming out. Yeah. Why shoot yourself in the wing that way? You bastardize the Birds of Prey movie yeah. and you bastardize the first Harley Solo movie yeah. by trying to cludge them together. I would agree with that. Well, we'll talk about 
possibly why they did that in the segment, which will be only about eight minutes long. Because that's all I can stand to talk about this film again. Let's talk about some news. Usually at the top of the show, that's when we talk about the RIPs. Yes. Right? Yeah, that's usually how it goes. But we had to complain about how much we didn't want to do the whole uh, thing with the birds and the prey and that it hurts me. And yeah. so instead we're talking about people who have passed away and there's been a couple big ones. Yes. If you're a big fan of 60s movie, if you're if you're a baby boomer who's just turned 70, you're really sad this weekend oh as we've lost uh, Kirk Douglas. Yes. Finally. <laughs> Not finally because I wanted him to go. I'm, right. just, I'm just saying the guy hit like 103, right? Yeah, that's crazy. A he really, did okay. Really long life. I think that's a, a wife. A wife. A life well lived. A wife well lived. <laughs> that's pretty good. Only everybody would trip over it. Entertainment Tonight would be like, we've got some shots from the set of a wife well lived. <laughs> no, no. So I don't think it's going to work. Um no. Uh, Spartacus, of course, uh, mm-hmm. great film. He's in one of my uh, favorite films, favorite war films, too. Uh, Paths of Glory from 1957. It's a World War One movie, which is, I think, one of the quintessential war movies. Is it in black um, and white? Yes. And one of the best scenes okay. he's not really even in. It's that scene at the end, if you've seen it, if you remember, where the, the girl is singing on stage and all yes. the different people are just watching her and they're all really happy, but then they all just kind of get like, Oh, like they're all just sort of, sort of kind of sad too. Yes. And it's just like this perfect expression of like ennui and just the weariness of living this itinerant life and the bombs are going off and just everything like what the the great war. Yes. Yeah. But uh, he's I not think in, I have so, seen so Screw that. him. He's just looking in the window. Oh, wow. Uh, no, uh, he's <laughs> uh, he'll be missed. Uh, who else did we lose? Kevin Conway. Yes. I almost said Conroy. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> no, Kevin Conway, who was an actor who I don't, it's, it, if you want to explain who he is, it's hard because I don't think he ever had a real huge breakout role in anything. Sure. Uh, I yeah. think he made his, it was his film debut. One of his biggest roles was um, Slaughterhouse Five in like 72 or 74 or whatever that was. Okay. Um, and then he did a lot of TV and some movies since. Um, when I think of him, I think of his appearance in Looking for Richard. Okay. Or when he played Kalesh. Yes. The Unforgettable. In, in Star that Trek. that episode of TNG. Yeah, yeah. But he's in this movie Looking for Richard. It's a movie where Al Pacino is nominally putting on a production of Richard III, but not really. It's more of an examination of Richard III, of what we think of when we think about Shakespeare, and also a chance to just, in a documentary style, talk to John Gielgud and Derek Jacoby and um, Dame Judi Dench and mm-hmm. all these like very famous actors who have done this Shakespeare for so long. Sure. And his, his description, he has this very practical description of Shakespeare. And he's an American. He's not uh, British like a lot of these guys. But yeah. he talks about how people think Shakespeare is so complicated and the emotions and just the basic ins and outs of it are very understandable. They're just elevated because sure. it's something else. So you don't say, hey, go over there and get this thing for me, bring it back. You say, uh, be Mercury, put wings to thy heels, mm-hmm. you know, and fly thee to wherever. And and I just thought that's a really practical way as somebody who struggled for a long time to understand Shakespeare and then as a Shakespearean actor struggled to make other people understand Shakespeare. Right. That I don't know, that's always been a sort of 
touchstone for me in mm-hmm. uh, another Shakespeare thing. Yeah. Uh, in uh, in trying to explain it. Sure. Yeah. No. That makes uh, that makes a lot of sense. And... I found out that his one of his last maybe his last film role was he was in a documentary about okay. the Mayo brothers for... who founded the Mayo Clinic. Oh, really? That also starred Tom Hanks. And it was directed by Ken Burns. What? So this is basically like a high budget corporate gig, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like it's I don't know how long it is, but I I presume it just plays on the monitors in the lobby at the at the Mayo <laughs> Clinic. But just like wait, Tom Hanks is in this thing? Well, I guess he's pretty good friends with Ken Burns, right? Like Yo, yeah. they've But yeah, Ken Burns is directing this I thing? know, yeah. I know. It's weird. That's that's really strange. Uh, and we also, oh, this one is uh, tough for me. Uh, we lost Robert Conrad, uh-huh. star of TV's Wild Wild West. Right. Which is a show that I have teased. Uh, I've thrown feelers out there about doing a, trying to do like a podcast for. Oh, really? I okay. I would love to do Night of the Podcast, uh, you know, a Wild Wild West podcast. Okay. Or Night of the Wild Wild West podcast. Sure. <laughs> Uh, and he was just a guy who is, it's just this like, you could get away with a lot on TV in the 60s. Sure. Um, but he was a charming guy and you just sort of buy this premise of this guy with goofy gadgets who, who would always, he'd, it was, <laughs> the show was a lot like Batman. He sure. would always fall down a trap door and land in like uh, a multicolored like dungeon, like a d- dungeon with primary colored uh, walls and sure. arches. There were maybe stucco because it was uh, the old west. Uh-huh. And he'd be fighting guys in sombreros. And it was all but bang, pow, you know, sound right. effects and stuff like that. It was kind of goofy, but <laughs> it was fun. Well, that's good. Um, I Shooting should probably... things out on the Disney ranch. And, yeah. Yeah. I should check that out at some point. Uh, I haven't seen that. I recommend you do. I don't know how you would. I, I'm sure you can, you know, me TV it, but I don't. Yeah. Shot fact, somebody's got a definitive box set of. Probably. Uh, that. Um, yeah. I'd love to get my hands on that, too. Uh, should we talk about the Oscars? Yeah. Why don't we? Because it is tonight. <sighs> why don't right? we try to put off talking about <laughs> birds of prey? Yeah. Um, yeah, the Oscars are tonight. Uh, we've talked, I think, previously about a lot of the nominees, right? I think so. And if we haven't, who cares? But <laughs> there are nine nom- nominees for Best Picture. Yes. I think it's interesting that they are all above 85% of Rotten Tomatoes, except yeah. Jojo Rabbit, which is 80%, and Joker, which is 69 So, so glad that Whoa. Joker is nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> when I said 69 you forgot to say nice. Oh, <laughs> Very well, nice or nice. I don't know. Where are you going now? I don't know. (laughs) Did you have a picture that you thought would make best picture? Honestly, I I feel like I'm not really prepped to say which one because I haven't seen them all. But but neither of the Academy members. Oh, okay. Um, I... uh, Wow, it's um, it's difficult, I think, to to pin one down as being the <laughs> best. Prevarication, just I, pick one. I don't know. Do you need to be reminded what they are? You don't remember what they are. I do don't you? remember all of them. Well, then just say that as a, okay. Often in a so there comes a time in a man's life when he must. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, right. Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time, in Hollywood, Parasite. 
I'll I guess I'll just go with Irishman. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. A Netflix film. Yeah. A streaming miniseries. A streaming miniseries. That would certainly be a coup for yeah. Netflix. I'm gonna say Parasite. I think there are so many cancel outs here. Ford versus Ferrari, I don't it honor be nominated, no. right? Yeah. Enough money was spent on it by yeah. the right people. You you're never gonna make Jojo Rabbit Mm-mm. the winner, right? I don't think so. Joker's man, Joker's got a lot of like momentum behind it. It but does. I don't think there's any way that the Academy would give a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes movie, like a questionably bad movie. Yes. The title, uh, they hate Greta Gerwig, uh, probably by extension hate Noah Baumbach. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1917, right. that's my other pick. I think oh, 1917 yeah. might take be. it just because it's a prestige war film. And I don't, it'd be great if Tarantino won. I don't think he's going to. But Parasite's been so hot. I yeah. think it has a really good shot. Uh, yeah, That's kind of which my would pick. be uh, interesting because I don't know how many actual uh, foreign films have won Best Picture before. Not many, if any. Yeah. Like I said um, when we talked about the Grammys, I think. Yeah. I used to be a real buff for this kind of stuff, but right. I don't remember or really care anymore. We're doing this as a segment. <laughs> uh, directors, Bong Joon-ho, Sam Mendes, Todd Phillips, Scorsese, and Tarantino. Is this is when Tar- Tarantino gets his um, yeah gets his give statue. It, give it to Tarantino. I would say if Bong Joon is uh, June is going to get it uh, best picture for Parasite, why not best directing? Sure. For Parasite, it's yeah. very well directed. Um, but Academy likes to spread it around. They do. Yeah. They they definitely do. And they already gave Marty his, so <laughs> right. This could be Quentin Tarantino's time, even though that doesn't make any sense. No, not How really. How did he not get it for anything? This is like his third worst film. I yeah. It, All films above seventy five percent. Right. In my own personal Rotten Tomatoes. Right, right, but this right. is like not his best film. I, I did not enjoy this. And film if Todd much. Phillips get it gets it, I will kill myself. Uh, uh, let's talk yeah. about actors and actresses. All right. Actress in a leading role: Cynthia Erivo, Scarlett Johansson, Sorshi Ronan, Charlie Theron, Renee Zellweger. This feel. Do we do this already? I think we may have talked about it off air. <laughs> well, to be now honest. you're getting our votes, which I'm not even going to write down. Um, <laughs> we'll I, try to remember next week if we were right or right, not. Right. I'm going to go Renee Zellweger, I think. I think this might be Sorshi Ronan's time. Really? She keeps showing up to these things. Yeah, she does. Although, ScarJo is double nominated. Yeah. If everything else falls apart, I think that she will get the consolation supporting prize for yeah. Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. But... People are like that. They like that marriage story. Yeah, they do. It's tied with Little Women at ninety five percent as far as ratings wow. uh, go. Yeah. So, if Marriage propo- or Proposal, mar- that's the prequel. <laughs> if Marriage Story doesn't win anything, uh-huh. she'll win this. You think? If so? Marriage Story wins other things, she'll get Jojo Rabbit. I see. I see what you're saying. You're saying one way or another. Um, she's this is get yeah. If you want to bet the spread here, you know what sure. I mean? Or like bet yeah. So, okay. uh, actor in a leading role. Just Walking Phoenix? <laughs> Probably. Can DiCaprio beat Phoenix? I, I I don't know. DiCaprio has already won one as well. You know, uh, a couple years ago he won one. Uh, so maybe it's just Walking Phoenix, even though I Can Banderas beat... <laughs> not everything has to be an essay. Uh, okay. Can Banderas beat Phoenix? That's a tough one. Not in a semi-foreign film. Yeah, I, I wonder how many people have actually seen that. So can Adam though... Driver win an Oscar? <laughs> he's not. I don't feel like he's going against Phoenix. I think he's going against himself. Yeah, a lot of people still I... don't really like him. Yeah, I, I think 
he um, could endear himself to people a little bit more if he actually like sat through interviews or something. Oh like my that. god! Um, hey, okay, so it's prick against it's prick v prick. Yeah. Oh, I wish I could. I've got a great name for this show, but I'd I'd love to <laughs> rename it uh, because both him and Joaquin Phoenix are Jerks. super pricks. Yeah, I would uh, not disagree with you there at all. So, Maybe AKA yeah. prick v prick. <laughs> where where are we at with prick being a a swear word, profanity. Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't think it is. Can I put that in a title? I feel like you can. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's a swear word. It's a deal. All right. And sorry, Jonathan Price, you're definitely the most talented man in this category, but <laughs> I don't think you're going to get it for two popes. No. Supporting actresses, Kathy Bates, Laura Dern, Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, and Margot Robbie. Yeah. Um... So, uh, another statue for Laura Dern. Yeah. Don't mind if I do. Yeah. Laura Dern this or Scarjo. Remember, these are all the ways that they cross, right? Yes. So now we've got Laura Dern in Marriage Story up against Scarlett Johansson and Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Right. Marriage Story, it would also be a great thing to toss them uh, a supporting actress. Yes. Because it didn't get anything else. Right, right, right. I hear exactly. It's hard to saying. be a bookie, isn't it? Yeah, it is. How do they do it? Uh, I don't know. They and just... there are always guys that like, you can always tell that you can't judge somebody by how they look or sound. Every bookie I've ever seen in a movie is a genius. Right. Because he knows all the point spreads and the if this and all the prop bets and stuff like that. Right. But they're all like, oh, give me that money. Oh, go, come on over here. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> Why isn't Uncut Gems on this list? I don't know. I don't know. Supporting actors, Brad Pitt. Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Anthony Hopkins, and Tom Hanks. So this is two movies, yeah. or is one movie, two nominations. Yeah. Um, I'm, I guess I'm going to go with Brad Pitt. He won the uh, Golden Globe. I'm reading, there are so many articles about him. Now, yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but people are... Um, Betting hard on But that the one. fact that Tom Hanks, in a movie about Mr. Rogers... I know. ...is up for a supporting Oscar... Which is, it's weird, isn't it? And is it Meryl, Meryl Streep who has like two leads and two, like nobody's ever, very few people have won three right. best actors. Right, right, right. But you've got a bunch of people that have like two best actors and then they have a couple like supporting, supporting twos. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this might be Tom Hanks's it, chance. Sure. Um Strange though, I think you're right that a, a movie supposedly about Mr. Rogers, where he plays Mr. Rogers and it's supporting, it's weird. It's weird. I'm not a smart man, <laughs> but I know what a bullshit nomination is. <laughs> Screenplay: Knives Out, 1917, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite. My my pick? Hmm. I don't have a pick. I guess oh. I haven't been picking. Um, I mean, Marriage Story. This is. Probably a good landing for that. Yeah. But Knives Out ain't going to get nothing else. No. And that made a lot of money. People, a lot of people liked it. It's 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's crazy. This to is me. how you honor Knives Out, right? I guess, yeah. Uh, you got a good point there. Although I could see Parasite. What about that great scene where the, the dad finger bangs the mom on the couch in Parasite, though? Oh, boy. Yeah. That great scene. Screenplay. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe not. Parasite, What'd you pick? Then. Um, I was gonna say Parasite, but, but maybe just like <laughs> maybe just this, maybe just 1917. I don't know. Um, Screenplay is that not a good choice for that? He ran and ran. All right, all right. Ran. Maybe not for screenplay. And ran. Um, and ran. Um, is Marriage Story up for this? I don't know. 
That was the first thing we mentioned. Okay. I'll go with that one then. That was the first thing. Okay. Adapted screenplay. Irishman, Joker, Jojo, Rabbit, Little Women, Two Popes. How is Joker adapted? From King of Comedy? I don't know. No, it is. It is from comics. But there's no... There is no storyline in the comics that, that, is that is this. Yeah, I know. He never was a sign twirler, which I don't think they had in 1981, but okay, movie. <laughs> um, okay, but this is best adapted, right? Yeah. Um, uh, what was Jojo Rabbit adapted from? Um, That's a good question. Maybe a book. Maybe a book. Okay. I don't know. Um. Oh, uh, I feel like I've forgotten the options already because Irishman, really Irishman will win. Next. Okay. <laughs> not playing the game. You, you're the reigning champion. <laughs> Am I? You cleaned up at the Grammys. I guess I did. And then you come back with this. You're like, oh, oh no, I don't want to play. No, I, I pulled my, <laughs> I pulled my quadriceps. <laughs> Screw you. All Animated right. feature. Yeah. How to Train Your Dragon, whatever they're on. Yeah. I Lost My Body, Klaus. Missing Link, Toy Story 4. Um, There's no way I Lost My Body could win. Yeah. But at the same time, everybody talking about it. Yeah, everybody is talking about it. It's it's a weird little movie, it looks like. But like it's a foreign. Hand. Yeah, it's true. I think Missing Link's right out. I don't think enough people have seen Klaus. Could Toy Story 4, from what I understand, good, but probably yeah. the worst Toy Story. Yeah, I mean, home? it could. Potentially. 97%. It's yeah. higher than other films. Um, maybe the How this to is Train a broken Your Dragon. System. I don't know. This is a broken system. Yeah. You think the dragon. <laughs> okay. All right. And other things. I yes. want to talk. Those are exciting ones, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about, well, cinematography. Here you go. Okay. 1917, The Lighthouse, The Irishman, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Probably 1917. Paris, that's not even nominated. Yeah, it'll definitely be that. Yeah. Production design, Hollywood, Irishman, 1917, Parasite, Jojo Rabbit. I think uh, Parasite could mm-hmm. and probably should win. Mm-hmm. That's one of the real strong things in that film. Yeah, the production design. Um, and I there's all these... <sighs> the, the movie that launched a thousand YouTube videos, but Nerdwriter <laughs> did a video about the perfect montage yeah. in Parasite. Right. Which is just the montage where they're all kind of set up and then they're going to go through their plan of how to get the peach fuzz on the lady and then yep. get the guy in there. And it's fine. But have you never seen a heist movie, Nerdwriter 1? <laughs> this is what this is in every single heist movie. I know what you're talking about. I don't about. know why this one is perfect or what sets it apart. I just... I'm confused. Right. Uh, I'm confused by the honor they're giving it. And as I was thinking about that and watching this video, I was thinking, you know what's got a perfect montage in it? What? Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, sure. Guardians of the Galaxy. The whole third act is cross-cutting, but before they get to the big battle, they're sort of planning on what they're going to do. So we've got the scene where they're talking about how they're going to their jackass is standing in a circle or whatever. Right. And they've got 12% of a plan. Right. Then they start to detail the plan and they go through this whole thing where they go, this pretty complicated plan where they've got to fly the ships in. They've got to distract the guys. They have to like use the ships to blow a hole in the side of the big ship. Right. And they have to get in there. Gamora's going to disable the force field. They're going to fight their way to the bridge of the ship mm-hmm. and then use the BFG to kill Ronin. Right. And it's a pretty complicated plan. 
They use all these like hologram PowerPoints. So all this is going on. They're telling the other guys. Then there are all these like cut to the side scenes that give us a little more character and it also give us the stakes. Because he goes and he talks to Yondu or whatever. And Yondu's like, all right, so this is the deal. Like, remember, we were going to kill you before. Right. Now you give us the orb and you're free to go. Right. I don't get that orb. I'll kill you. I'll kill everybody you know. <laughs> like, yeah, you're yeah, dead. Yeah. Right. So it's not just like, this is a tough plan. We have to succeed or they'll kill us all. Mm-hmm. And then it starts with Peter Quill hitting play on his thing as he's thinking about, you know, having to be the hero here. Right. And Cherry Bomb starts playing. Right. And as they're doing all this, we're seeing them deploy. So the ships are also coming out of the main Ravager vessel to do this plan mm-hmm. while they're explaining what the plan's going to be. Yes. It's all put together great. It is. And at the very end of it, in a very James Gunnian kind of way, they have to undercut it because he gets done convincing these guys of the plan. All the Guardians get in the ship and Gamora's like, this plan sucks. This is a terrible plan. (laughs) And he's like, well, you're the one that wanted to die among friends. Right. Here's your chance. Right. (laughs) Take that, Bong Joon. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say about the Oscars? I guess we'll know um, in a few hours. Yeah, I guess we'll know in a few hours. And um, maybe we can talk about best dressed or something like that, too. Something else they like to talk about with Do you care? What is this, Sailor Noob? No. Do you care about that? I don't know. I don't know that I do. But. Talk about a couple other quick news stories, um, all centering around failure. Oh, boy. Uh, Chaos Walking, the Doug Lehman movie that stars Daisy Ridley and Tom Holland that has been in the works for a long time now. Yes. It's finally got a release date. It'll come out January, when all good movies come out, of 2021. That's bad news. I thought it was going to come out sometime this year. So the fact that they're pushing it back all the way to the beginning of next year, pretty much exactly a year away. Well, I guess when he started shooting this, he didn't know that he was going to be shooting with two of like the most famous in-demand characters or actors, actors uh, yeah. in the world. Well, so, how long ago did they start filming this? Do you have any idea? I don't, but it's been more a than a time. few years. Yeah. It's probably after the first Spider-Man movie. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In the meantime, now you've got Peter Parker and Ray Skywalker. Right. <laughs> that you have to work around their shooting schedules. Right. I think I've got four and a half hours uh, next <laughs> March. You probably put me in there, so expect a lot of... Uh, green screen <laughs> comping probably right uh, uh so we'll see it seems like an interesting uh premise it's sort of sci-fi they're crash landing on a planet and where you can like read other people's thoughts or something like that so i don't know it'll okay. be all right all right sounds good we'll see uh but not going good so far no and coming out in january bad move. that's a, that's the failure right there right uh more failure sony is going to do its own version of cinderella because that's a great idea why starring camilla cabello as Cinderella, who you don't even know who that is. She is a young singer She's slash actress right now. Yep. Yeah. Who said some real racist things on her uh, Instagram when she was younger. Cool. Uh, and it also stars Minnie Driver. You're like, eh. John Mulaney. Uh-huh. James Corden. Hmm. And Missy Elliott. I don't understand And Missy Elliott will be the town crier. Now, first of all. What? What? And second of all. What? Can you see, give me a beat. Well, get your feet out because he's got shoes. If the shoe don't fit, you're going to have the blues. That's actual Missy Elliott uh, lyrics there. Oh my gosh. I I mean, 
I guess I could see her as like the fairy godmother the in a weird into, sort yeah, of way. Yeah, she would be a good, but I think, uh, wait, I don't know if we're going to have, there might be certain elements that they don't, don't have, have access to. Oh. How do you make chopping off know. somebody's toe funny? Right? Oh, good point. The, right? That's Hans Christian Andersen, right? Is that, was that no, the Grimm. original? Oh, it was Grim Fairy Tales. Yeah. Sorry. No, yeah. They they top off, chop off toes and they chop off a heel. Um, Yeah. I don't know. She chopped off her toe. She chopped off her heel. How does all that blood make you feel? Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm not Missy Elliott. <laughs> Clearly. More news and tales of failure. Doctor Strange 2 in the Multiverse of Madness has lost its screenwriter. As yeah. well as its director. Yeah. It's bad news bears. Yep. It's uh it's really uh it's I never too thought bad. I'd be pining for Scott Derrickson when I heard that Sam Raimi's in talks. I just I uh I can't? Nope. Hashtag? Yeah, I, I don't understand. I mean, obviously they're hoping he brings some of that Spider Man two magic. But, to the film? Oh, oh, not but the Spider-Man 3 magic? No. Okay. No. Okay, because that was the last one he did. I know. I know. That's I'm, his current... I'm fully That's aware. where we're at. Yeah. Vis-a-vis him doing superhero movies. Yeah, I know. That's what he thinks is good. Yeah. He was passionate about attention. Shut up. He delivered the movie. Yeah. Even his... You're not going to get his the Spider-Man 2 fastball. You're not going to no. get the Darkman fastball. No. <laughs> I actually enjoy Darkman, as weird as yeah. quirky as it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say one line from Dark Man. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know the lines. There's a line about an elephant. I have. I have a very special line of work. I have a very <laughs> listen. Listen to me. <laughs> I have a very particular set of synthetic skin <laughs> that will bubble if it's in sunlight. Yeah. 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 Uh, All I can say about the Sam Raimi decision is why. Why, why, why? (laughs) Moving on in our tour of failure, Disney is in trouble because they've got this great Mulan movie. It's about a cultural hero, Hua Mulan. Yes. Poised to do very well in China. One problem, all the theaters are closed in China and might continue to be closed through March if this coronavirus thing doesn't resolve itself. Right. That's uh, pretty depressing. Yeah. Uh, I bet Disney is not liking that at all. It's not great. No. That's like uh, getting all, it's like spending uh, 300 bucks on supplies for a big Memorial Day picnic. And then you get it all together. You're, you're taking the top off the potato salad and it just starts raining. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, not good. Not, Only you can take all that all. home and eat it. That's true. <laughs> this is That's nobody's. True. Let's say a lightning bolt hit the picnic table. Let's not look. I have uh, trouble with figurative language. It's like, well, yeah. <laughs> the failure uh, train keeps on rolling. Uh, FX lost its lead for its Why the Last Man show in development. The lead? Yes. Barry Keown. Okay. All right. This show's had a lot of trouble. They're yeah. on their third or fourth showrunner. Um, they've shot a pilot, mm-hmm. but I don't. It's not put as far as I know. Like they still have to like deliver this show. Uh, they've been working on adapting it still, and now they've lost their leading man. Yeah, and I mean ironic. Yeah. Now it's right. why the nomad, <laughs> which I don't think they would run with. Uh, but 
Yeah, um, I, I think it is maybe, is it trapped in development hell? So like, <laughs> yeah, I'd say. yeah, so like their lead actor was like, peace out. Why? So. Why? 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 It's got, there's a hundred and, did they make a hundred? I think it Let's did. say there's a hundred issues. Yeah. Branky Vaughn is, is a screenwriter. Yeah. Just start, one, two, three, just start going through. Yeah. You're going to cut some stuff out. Right. Because it takes some twists and turns and detours that you don't need but right. it's done right it should be here's the, here's what i think the problem is mm. i don't think that they can commit to doing a show that's all women i see what you're now, saying i don't like it you could it. say it's a reverse sexism thing or even a union thing like this project has to have x amount of male actors in it or whatever mm-hmm. but to do this right it's just gonna be women yeah and then they'll bury keon the whole time right and I think that they're trying to find a way around that by maybe there are some men, which is just like, like the the show The Last Man on Earth. You know he's not the last man on Earth. Right. There's going to be other men on Earth. Right. Uh, having flashbacks, maybe having like a lost like parallel timeline that leads up to. There were some flashbacks sure. in the body of Why the Last Man, the comic. Sure. Um, when we talked to Pia Guerra, the co-creator of the comic. Yeah. Uh, on a previous show. Um, but yeah, I just don't think that they, <laughs> clearly they don't know what they're doing. Well, yeah, that is woefully clear um, and oh, disappointing. Whoa. Yeah. There's woe all over this. <laughs> and Jory, Jory Lawrence is like, no, it's not good. <laughs> I'm not touching that. <laughs> uh, and maybe, uh, maybe one more story. Uh, it looks like uh, Rogue One director... <laughs> Sorry, I almost got through that. Uh, Almost director Gareth Edwards uh, has a new sci-fi film in the works. Oh, boy. Uh, Wish I was excited about this. We don't know anything about it. (laughs) So I don't really know why I'm talking about this, except I wanted to keep the the failure grand tour going. Well, I think you're keeping it going really well. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Kiri Hart, who produced Rogue One along with him, will serve as his producer on the film. Let's hope that... Kiri does a good enough job that he doesn't get fired off of this film as well. Right. And don't give me that. There's always reshoots. They brought an entirely new director in. Right. Tony Kilroy to shoot like 40% of the film. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Um, everybody talks about how we got to start in Monsters. Monsters is not a good movie. Uh-huh. It's not. Okay. It's got two actors who, sorry, Scoot, are not that great and they're reacting to things that aren't there it's probably a good uh i wouldn't say a master class but it's a class in having not a lot of money and trying to do an effects like horror movie anyway yes i think there's some good touches to it but as we'll see with birds of prey you can't just take somebody who made an interesting independent film and throw them on a blockbuster right and there you go kid no you can't do that that doesn't work very well unfortunately I haven't seen Monsters, uh, but I, I can just... Did you see Monsters, Inc.? Yes. That's the same thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, fun fact, uh, in Star Wars, The Last Jedi, when yes. they're on uh, Crait, uh, the planet where they have their last stand, yes. and the guy goes, salt. Right. The guy next to him in the trench is Gareth Edwards. Great. About 40 pounds in the past. <laughs> And I mean, like, you know, he's not an actor. No. But he's just got this look on his face like, huh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, 
like many scenes in that movie, you don't understand what the tone is supposed to be. No. <laughs> no. Seriously. Salt. <laughs> we got a theory. You see, Mike, we got a theory about magic and miracles. That's right. That's right. If magic is all we've ever known, then it's easy to miss what really goes. This is yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that these movies need to die. Can you be more specific when I you can. say these movies? Yeah. These, the, I'm, I'm gesturing at the Oscar nominations. Oh, no, okay. no. <laughs> I, I don't mean DC movies. I mean. The DC movies that are done in this style, the Suicide Squad style. Okay. Because even, I know that this is, I don't think they want to see it like this, but it is nominally a sequel to Suicide Squad. It's kind of like Suicide Squad 1.5, isn't it? It it is. Or just two, because The Suicide Squad is purported to be a reboot. Right. So this film still has the, here's a new character you don't know and, and won't be on the screen for longer than 20 seconds and frankly don't care about. Right. And here are some on-screen graphics to explain who they are. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to scribble on them with crayon. Like, that was Suicide Squad. Right. And we're doing that again in this film. Yes. And much like Suicide Squad, this film doesn't know why it exists at all, except to just make money for Warner Brothers. Right. And to stroke Margot Robbie's ego, I guess? She's got uh, more yeah. going on than this. Shouldn't she be looking for a way out of this? I Why does she so. want to be Harley Quinn so bad? I don't know. Maybe she thinks it's going to bring box office money in or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but wouldn't like doing another I, Tanya or something yeah. be good for her? Yeah, you would think. And then she would get nominated. I mean, she so. was in Bombshell, right? Yes, she was. So, I mean, which didn't do all that great, but no, I is she nominated? For I don't. I don't know actors? why these exist. Yeah, I know. I don't, and I don't think this movie knows why it exists either. Yes, I would. I would agree with you. You know, nominally, it's an empowerment tale because right. it's because the trailer has "You Don't Own Me," but the movie doesn't have "You Don't Own Me," which right. is weird. And weird. so she's breaking up with the Joker, who's abusive to her. Only we never see the abuse. We see them pretty like each other a lot. Yeah, it's clear that he is. It, I mean, it's, I'm not trying to argue. He's a he's a bad person, right? And he's not a good person to be in a relationship with. No, but my kind of crazy is a phrase that I think comes out at some point. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like uh-huh. she's a bad guy who has decided to be with another bad guy. Yes, and it's implied that there is abuse. We never see it, and I think you know, much like if you didn't read the comics, you wouldn't know Black Canary had a sonic scream. If you didn't right. read the comics and read Mad Love or watch uh, the Batman the Animated Series and see episodes like Harley and Ivy and, and the Mad Love adaptation, right. you wouldn't know that the Joker is like hellishly abusive to her right. and she's got to get out of there. Right, right, right. That's like background in all the, oh, let me stop the movie and do I have a 20-minute flashback. Mm-hmm. And all the backtracking the film does, I don't think it ever really gives you a real picture at like, how important it is that she does keep murdering people, but also get out of the sway of the Joker. Right. And maybe if Jared Leto hadn't been fired and could have been in this thing, right. they could have set that up. But instead we we see abuse and disdain inflicted on the other female characters in the film who Harley doesn't care about at all. No. And that's supposed to stand in for... Harley, Harley Quinn should not be in this movie. No. I mean, it wouldn't exist, I guess, if she wasn't, but no. 
What happens in this film? Oh boy. Um, I'll do and my best. Remember, I said eight minutes before. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna do my best to do this as fast as I can. Uh, Harley Quinn breaks up with the Joker because she does. She no longer has his um, uh, what do they call it? His protection. Well, so, and in the interest of time, yeah. Uh, I'll just interject. Do you want to be the guy who kills the jo- uh, Joker's girlfriend, and then the Joker decides that he still likes his girlfriend, and then what, like calls her up to see like hang out? And right. Then, oh, oh, she's dead. Yeah. And no, you don't want to be that. Person. Bob Johnson killed her. Right. Bob Johnson in a lot of trouble. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people are making a lot of assumptions about the Joker's like love life and his heart. Right. Like he's just done with her now. <laughs> the so movie begins and she still kind of feels like if the movie started and, and we heard that somebody killed the Joker, she'd probably try to kill the person that killed the Joker. I think she would. Sorry. Continue. Um, so she is trying to outrun a bunch of people. And in the midst of all of this, uh, the guy Black Mask, who's played by Ewan McGregor, Roman Sad- Don, I can never remember his Sionis, last name. It, I don't know. It doesn't um, probably mean something in Latin. He he wants her dead, and she's like, instead of killing me, let me go after this diamond that you're after. Um, oh, uh, let me tell you about the diamond. Yeah, the diamond. I'm oh, sorry. I'm just go ahead. No, it's 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 the your your recap is following the pace of the movie, which is I know. you're presenting things and then going. Oh, did I not set that up at all? I'm sorry. Let me just rewind the entire film I so I can. No, don't be sorry. I'm criticizing the film. Okay. Um. So it's the Bertinelli family diamond. They're they're a mafia family, and apparently in the diamond is like directions on how to get their their fortune or what have you. Um. And Which doesn't, is that a thing? Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know that it's a thing, but they made it a thing in the film. So uh, this pickpocket, this young girl, Cassandra Kane, uh, pickpockets this diamond. She gets arrested. She swallows the diamond. Uh, Harley Quinn goes to the police department, breaks her out, and they're kind of on the run with each other. And then fast forward to the end of the film where we get the birds of the prey characters. The birds of the prey. Yeah. And they're all defending Cassandra Kane because apparently she can't take care of herself. Um, she's a child. She's a child, which they say over and over and over again. Um, and that's more or less the thrust of the film. That is pretty much the film. The film is uh, noisy, crazy, sloppy, lazy, mm. loafers. And while we're on the subject, yeah, why is there a musical number in the film that is uh, it's worthless? I yep. feel like it was shot for the trailer. Somebody's like... Oh, Harley Quinn's like female figures, female figures, blondes. Yeah. Marilyn Monroe. I know. Uh, Marilyn Monroe. D- gentlemen prefer blondes. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is that even there? Well, because she's even... singing about the, the diamond. And that's what Marilyn Monroe is singing about. Diamonds are her girl's best friend. That is some, first of all, basic shit. Oh, yeah. I don't Second disagree of all, with you. It is also, uh, a, it's like, Bummer cover of Hit Me With Your Best Shot level. Yep. Which yep. also takes place in this film. Yep. Uh, the only the only good decision they made music-wise was like not putting You Don't Own Me in the film because it's overused. And as soon as they make that decision, are you effing kidding me? I know. The second they're all like, let's go, girls. I know. Swing that, you know, do that thing where you swing the bat around, you know, in your hand. And then, wow. At this point, who's been in more movies that have used Barracuda? 
Lucy Liu or Margot Robbie. And I'll remind you that Barracuda is an Itanya. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think in the same way. That's a hard call to make. I think. (laughs) Um, So it's just I don't know why this exists. I've it's eighty percent of Rotten Tomatoes because the world has gone insane. Yeah, Um, it's crazy. I think it makes less sense and is more um, edited more poorly and more clearly cut up because they dropped things that didn't work and they were just shooting on the fly. Yeah, than Suicide Squad. I, I would agree with you, honestly. I think Suicide Squad makes more sense and is a more cohesive film. Uh, no, I know, I know. I think they are equally bad. I, oh, I wouldn't okay. go that far. All right. um, but and it is ridiculously predictable. I don't know if they are doing. I don't know if they're trying to make Harley relatable in that she she's hungover and she wants her egg and cheese sandwich. Mm-hmm. I guess we can all sort of relate to that. Mm-hmm. But isn't she like a wacky? superhero shouldn't it be something yeah. different and you know the second that she spent the movie and her spend two and a half minutes describing the sandwich you know that sandwich ain't getting in her mouth right 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 so it's the, the whole movie is that for me it is like setting up a sandwich that she's not gonna get and that's it's just not entertaining yeah and as far as like all the poor casting decisions that make up the rest of the Birds of Prey, Mm -hmm. none of them get any chance to really be interesting. No. Um, It's such a, you know, there is no foresight in the DCU, but the the idea of doing a Birds of Prey movie that can't even feature Barbara Gordon because you have not even got your shit together enough to have a Batgirl movie, to have her there walking or no right right but now it's just time to do a birds of prey movie because we couldn't think of harley quinn solo film and what it would be about right even though this i think tries to be a harley quinn solo film and then just what it is yeah uh and then it just smudges all the birds of prey stuff in at the end um and uh i just it's um it's unfortunate I I think that a Birds of Prey film or a Harley Quinn film had potential to be better than what this is. I, I just don't think it was well thought out. I don't think it was paced well. Uh, and the the gratuitous like flashback scenes are just get to be way too much. Um, it's not written well. And and as you said, like the the other characters in this don't really get a chance to shine or show any character speaking of gratuitiveness um why it's just you know we we play with this idea of like r-rated um comic films Mm -hmm. and when deadpool came out i immediately said people will learn the wrong lesson from this right and everything will be f this f that intestines everywhere yes and the next thing that came out was logan so it seemed like i was wrong but we just need to cook a little while because uh-huh. now it's like we got an idea for a movie for an edgy character, but we don't know what to do. Right. So F this, F this, F that. Right. Intestines. Yeah. A guy that cuts people's faces off. I know. Yeah. Exactly. Which is like, that's not, I guess Black Mask does that, but that's not really, it's just, it's dumb. I used to, I used to like Black Mask as a mm-hmm. character, but like, just because he was just something, because he's just a thug. Yeah. No, the Joker's like, well, I've got this, I'm crazy or I'm not, but I've got this, my whole life is like an art piece, basically, and I'm trying to make some kind of point. Mm -hmm. Or the Riddler's like obsession with like undercutting himself. (laughs) Or Dr. Freeze's tragic story about 
you know, trying to save his wife. Mm-hmm. But Black Mask is just a thug. Yeah. He's just a rich yeah. kid and he gets into crime and he wears a mask. And then like sometimes I think that he he protects his face, but it gets mutilated. And then he's like wearing the mask to cover All it. It's like time. a Doctor Doom kind of thing. Sure. It's just a, he's just a asshole. He's just a bad guy. Yeah. He's just a jerk. And yeah. Ewan McGregor's just like, whoo. Yeah. Love being bad. I know. Oh. His his characterization is just I'm an over the top bad guy in a comic. He's book like a movie. frat boy trying to do Jack Nicholson's Joker. Yeah, <laughs> he just doesn't. Yeah, yeah. He get, clearly got no direction. No. Kathy Yan directed, like we said before, like two or three independent films, and guess what, baby? Yeah. Birds of Prey. Yeah. He clearly got no direction, and he's trying to riff. And I love even McGregor, but he can't riff. No. He's not a riffer. No. And they pair him up with Mr. Zaz, who was never my favorite Batman character, but I also liked the fact that he was just a murderer. Right. He just kills. He, he's, he's he a likes killing. Yeah. And he and he ki- he puts hash marks on himself to count all of his kills. Yes. And he doesn't have a special place over his heart for Harley Quinn. He's got it for Batman, but whatever. Right. Where is Batman this whole movie? He is not around. Yeah. But anyway. Not even mentioned. They just think. make him a thug. Yeah. And he has to do all this heavy lifting because Ian McGregor says, woo, yeah, the whole time. <laughs> so yeah. Zaz has to do all the all the story beats. He has to go like, oh, we've captured Harley Quinn. Yeah. Uh, the diamond's over here. Uh, this. And then also he has to be, oh, so I wanted to say this movie, um, I don't know if this is good or bad anymore. I can't tell. But I know that movies love their A-Force moments. They love their gal power. They yeah. love to make sure you know that they care about women. Right. Even though Tony Stark's the most important person in the universe, followed right. by Steve Rogers, followed right. by Bruce Banner. Um, it's performative wokeness. Uh-huh. This movie actually doesn't have a ton of that. And you were saying something before, and you can help clarify if I get something wrong, but somebody or some somebody was frustrated about how women have to be just male versions of these characters. Yes. Strong they, female characters. Act, strong female characters, but they act. It's like now women are going to do fart jokes and be murderers or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there isn't anything feminine or or woman about these characters. Right. They could just be played either way. It just happens to be somebody in hot pants. Right. But you're not saying who said it, and I know I didn't dream it, but I you you brought that to me from an article or something. Yes. Um, you don't have that so much in this movie. I felt like the characters did distinguish themselves from. Uh, you know, uh, male heroes. Mm-hmm. So to replace that, we're going to have performative misogyny instead. Yeah. Every male character in this film, Was first of all, is jerk. just a stunt actor. There's no like interesting side characters at all. They're all clearly no. just big guys with black hair who are like, hey, you C word or whatever. Right. Out of my way. Right. And they're all licking Harley's face. Or they're going to try to rape her when she's incapacitated. Mm-hmm. Or they're... T- <laughs> it's, just, it's just gross. At one it point in the movie, because there's nothing else... It's like at the end of the second act, we already know that Black Mask cuts people's faces off. Yep. He's in his club, and I guess we just needed an extra push to know how bad he is. But he's mad because <sighs> yeah. he's feeling insecure or something, and somebody laughs. A woman laughs, and he goes over to her table. He owns the club. Yes. And says, are you laughing at me? And she's like, no, it's, we're just having a good time. And he's like, get up on this, start dancing on this table. Yeah. And you, her boyfriend, take this knife, cut her dress off. I know. 
And it's one of the many points in the film where I leaned over and went, I could just, we could just go. I know. You like tacos, right? Right. We could be eating them right now. Yeah. But we have our professionals and we have jobs. Yes. So we're going to sit through this horrible steaming turn movie. Yes. Uh, thumbs down? I give it a thumbs down. Let's do a quick spoiler talk. Okay. Go. Um, I uh, I don't like how they um, named the character Cassandra Kane and then what a what an assassination of a character they didn't I bring mean, the, anything her first of all the plucky kid yeah um I mean the girl did fine as a plucky kid I guess right but yeah just no reason to be there and no. also you know killing off Zaz and Sionis isn't thinking ahead right because. <laughs> You have to have a universe here, right? Right. And then also, like, why not think ahead to have that character possibly become Batgirl someday? I agree with I you. I mean, I guess you could throw that actress, if she grows three feet, into a Batgirl at, uh, costume, but you're not going to. No. It's just a dead end. It is a dead end. And and she she is basically a glorified plot device who swallows a diamond. Yeah, and why is it important that Harley Quinn takes a girl under her wing? It's really not. I think it's we're we're supposed to see. Oh, she has uh, direction in her life now. Now her life without the Joker, and uh, oh, she has, you know, uh, she has a product. I, I don't know what did you even call it. Like a, uh, uh, I don't even know what you call it. I can't remember right now. But like she has somebody to follow her footsteps. Like maybe she was gonna do with Joker or something like that. Protege. Protégé, thank you. That's what I meant. Right, but without the Joker either making cameos and flashbacks yes. or showing up in the film, yeah. without seeing that, mm-hmm. you can't do what you're describing. I know what you're saying. This yeah. movie keeps trying to do stuff that it can't do, but it's not really even all that committed to those things. Mm-hmm. And in a movie, in it, if this is a breakup movie starring right. Jennifer Aniston, the beginning of the movie, she breaks up, she's depressed, or like say Gwyneth Paltrow, she's trying to get her life together. Yeah. At, at in the middle of the movie, the the, the ex boyfriend has to show up again, right? Right. And be like, "Hey, I made a mistake. I want to get back together." Right. And then she's confused, and usually the man, the new, the Ben Affleck that she's met, is going to help right. her through it. We cut that out because this is a female empowerment tale, and she gets over it and puts a bullet in him, or at least drives him away. Right. But without the Joker, you can't even do that part of the story. Yeah. So Harley Quinn just. F's around for this movie felt like it was three hours long. It's only 109 minutes. Yeah. Harley Quinn just F's around for an hour. I know. And then we did it. Yeah. And I got some friends who I immediately betray and probably hate and don't trust me. Right. Exactly. And everybody was terrible in this film. Everybody was. Yeah. Um, And I don't even... I don't even know why Cassandra Cain is like, oh, Harley, I'm going to follow her now um, because she saved her. Like... She actually essentially kidnapped her from her foster home. Right. (laughs) I mean, like she essentially saved herself because she like had a grenade that she planted on Black Mask. Up to. Yeah. Up to the end. She was willing to sacrifice Cassandra to save her life. Yeah. And there isn't any there isn't any point where she makes a choice by the time she's in a position where she could make a choice to do the right thing. There are three other women with weapons there mm-hmm. who are all kind of in the same boat. And then it just becomes like, well, let's stick together to get out of this. Right. There's never a point where she decides, 
maybe I'll kill only bad people from now on. No. Although bad people just relentlessly attack her in this movie, and so yes. she is able to kill a lot of bad people. She kills a lot of people in this movie. I've lost really count. Bad. This movie had, let's say, some good stuff. Um, there were good parts of the final action scene. I thought that it was very poorly shot. Up until the point where they all get on the turntable. Mm-hmm. And so they're with the hands. Yeah. And they're going around. I thought that was pretty well shot. You get a, and you get a sense of here's an exchange and then we do a, a pass off to somebody else. Right. Right. So Harley does something and then, you know, uh, Black Canary needs a scrunchie or something like that. Right, right, and then we right. go off and we follow Black Canary kicks three guys in the face and then we move over to Huntress. Like that was pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, the slide thing was terrible. It was not great. The motorcycle chase at the end was okay. Yeah. Where With she, her roller skating Yeah, where like she that. drags her along and then she gets in the car and she's beating them up and then she jumps off the car and then gets on the bike and goes into the other car. That was okay. Yeah, yeah um, that was okay. This ha- movie has a weird con- uh, commitment to uh, Asian representation. You think so? Yeah. You got the doctor, what's his name, from Lost and his family. Yeah. Cassandra Kane. Yeah. Harley lives above the Chinese restaurant That's with the guy. true. And then the yeah. guy, here's another emotional beat that makes no sense. I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling. The guy who she's like, oh, this is uh, Doc. I think Doc. Is what she yeah, him. and he always gives yeah. me the number thirty-two. Yeah, he sells her out. Yeah, and I'm like, what am I supposed to feel? Well, I guess and- that's her justification for going. Okay, screw it. I'm going to give the kid to. To, to Black Mask. Well, I think that's a real low point for her. We see her almost crying. Right. But it's like Sort weird. of. But here's how we see her crying. There isn't any real dialogue. And the camera just kind of zooms in a little bit. And then it yeah. goes like a beat past what would make sense. Yes. And then she's like, screw it, basically. Well, and then we... It's not well done. No. We find out that he sold her out. So did he sell her out to the cops? To the guy on the street who shot a bomb into her thing, or to all of them. Oh, also, the guy on the street who shot a bomb into her thing, who just disappears after yes. he shoots the bomb. Yes. And the cops who knock on her door, and after and the bomb disappear. comes in, we don't see. They don't run in and go, "Well, you're under arrest, but are you okay?" Right. <laughs> like they just disappear. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, this movie is a mess. Also, one other thing I want to mention: Huntress shows up at one point. Orders a number 32, which is what Harley Quinn always orders, but orders it mild. Is that supposed to be a joke? And then like. (laughs) I liked your other quote before. Uh, I wasn't sure what the movie was trying to do, honestly. No. And then like she like disappears, too. Was she one of the people that like he's like, I just got too many offers for too many people about money and blah, blah, blah. I think I went to the bathroom at that point. So what are you saying that she comes in? Yes. Orders the number 32 mild yes. because she's not like Harley. Right. And has a conversation with him. And he's like, We get who her backstory yeah. about her crime family who's yes. killed by other crime families, but we're supposed to feel bad for her for some reason. Right. Gets out that she's Huntress. Yes. And then she leaves? That's all we see. She doesn't go like, she's not there because she's staking out Harley or something? I don't know. The film is unclear at that point because we do not see her interact. The next thing we see is that Harley's apartment has been blown up. It's a young decade. But this is the worst movie of the decade so far. Yeah. I mean, we're only like a month and a half into the decade, but this is the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah. I I would not disagree with you at all. Um, Did wish I enjoyed this more. I've heard people describe it as a fun romp. Um, I did not feel like it was fun. I never had any fun. Um, there was one thing that 
Ewan McGregor said, and I don't even remember what it is. Sure. That I feel like was a riff where they were just like, oh, look at this. And then he was like, this thing? I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> where I laughed out loud. Sure. Um, something else, too, is that, and I don't know if the comics have ever tackled this, but <clears throat> he collects masks because yes. he's black mask. Right. And there aren't a lot of um, white people masks. No. So he's collecting masks from uh, a lot of Asian countries, a lot of African countries. Right. And at one point he is like explaining his masks to a black woman who he has just hired. Black Canary. Black Canary. Yes. And she's like, oh, yeah, cool. And at no point am I sure that the movie understands the situation that it's created. Now, uh, Cynthia Bingbong, not her name, Christine Hodgson or whatever, wrote this script Right. And it was locked down long before they cast uh, the lady that they did to play Black, Black Canary. Canary. Yes. But they never even thought, well, now what do we do? Should we change it up? Should mm-hmm. she ever be like, oh, is this African? Mm, I think so. And her be like, oh, God. Or what? Like, he doesn't even get it. Or You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, you've created the situation and you just let it lie because I don't think you were even aware of the situation that you created. I don't think they were. Birds of prey. Yes. Birds of Prey. Where's Batman? I don't know. I don't know where Batman is. At one point, somebody does say, like, where's the Joker? Yeah. It's like, okay, sure, but where's Batman? Yeah, I I agree with you. Why is Gotham always being turned upside down? I know. Where the hell is Batman? I know. I agree with you. He's at home washing his tights. (laughs) I don't... uh, This... we, We talk about how... I think we've talked about how... I've talked about how... The, the original disappointment in comic book movies in the late 90s, early 2000s was the things they got wrong. Yeah. They take something and they go, we can fix that. What if Superman, what if uh, Lex Luthor is a, this is J.J. Abrams, what mm. if Lex Luthor is a Kryptonian agent himself? Right. And he's on Earth. Ugh. And Superman actually gets his power from ketchup or something like that. Uh, Why are you changing things? Right. It's lasted 80 years because of the way it is. Right. The new thing is Marvel and DC both get things right, I think. They pretty much adapt things directly. But then, mm-hmm. like, what do you do after that? Right. If you have nothing after that, if you're just putting something on the screen, that that's also not impressive. No, I agree with you. Um, so I don't know. Um, I don't think that they think about longevity or what's next you know i think no they're not thinking about that at all no they're just like other than just sequel hooks right but when we were watching the film and like the credits rolled and, and i'm like let's go and you're like well there's no because like, i expected no, there to be there a are scene no scenes afterwards. because they don't know what to do yeah fair. because there's nothing to hook it into because there's right. nothing right at one point black mask hits harley in the face because she's got some quip and he's like oh you're insufferable mm-hmm. and that's how i feel about margot robbie <laughs> As Harley, I'm not going to hit her in the face, but no. as Harley Quinn, right. I think that she is actually doing a pretty good job of translating to the screen what Harley Quinn is yes. in the DC animated movies or whatever the status quo is now. Yeah. And it's awful. Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> of all the things that they do, I think they should have made it their own. They should have done Put changed Harley Quinn yeah. into something that I think... You can sit through a two-hour movie of insufferable smack. I agree. 
hotels and whiskey and saddles. So let's look at the comic story that I there's no arguing here, right? Like this is just what at least the um the initial basis of this is. Yeah. The, the the kernel of the story comes from. And this is what it's it's dealing with or trying to deal with the emotional uh circumstances or consequences mm-hmm. of the story Mad Love. Right. The animated part even opens with the same origin story. You know, yes. she went to college. She got a job at uh, Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. She began to study the Joker, fell in love with him. Right. Um, either he or her is on a couch at some point, you know, in a, in a very similar uh, tableau that we get from Mad Love. Yes. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Describe Mad Love for me. Um, Mad Love is the story of how Harley Quinn and the Joker got together. Um, and mm, you don't the think story so? story of how they, uh, break up. Well, that too. <laughs> it's kind of both. Um, Harley in a flashback, um, is reminiscing about how well, that's she... not how it starts. Well, no. It um, starts in the dentist's office. Yes. So they're... <laughs> they were... I, I can't remember... Um, uh, I don't know. If you buy if you buy the deluxe edition, there are a lot of like extra um, just good director's commentary, yes. you know, from Deanie and Tim that tell you the whole story of how it got made. But I, I'm pretty sure that it was commissioned near the end of the animated series. So it's... They are doing the animated series right. on the page. I know there's yes. a animated adventures comic book or, or what that was running at the time. But. Yes. So when they set this up and like, oh, I hate going to these dentist appointments. I'm yeah. Commissioner Gordon. Commissioner like Gordon. That just feels like such a a setup for it an does. animated series episode or a first scene. Yeah. Which it ironically later becomes when they adapted Mad Love to the new Batman adventures. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so basically. I hate these checkups. Yeah. Commissioner Gordon goes in for a dental checkup and it ends up being the Joker, who is the dentist. And uh, Harley Quinn like shoots something at him that traps him in the chair and stuffs some cotton in his mouth and panel by panel you're yeah doing okay it. i right. love it uh, the gist is that they try to kill commissioner gordon and it fails yes and Batman some shows up. some part of it was harley's plan at least harley claims the plan and the joker is um, upset because it didn't come off and he blames her for the plan's failure yes yeah uh, and this is at the same time that uh harley quinn is trying to seduce the joker i think this is the first real confirmation we get that they are sexual oh I mean, okay i don't know sure. how you get that in in a kid a children's cartoon, cartoon. yeah <laughs> it took it it took the cartoon being adapted to the page for them to be able to put sure. that in yeah then that gets back formed into, into the, cartoon the cartoon that they do it yeah exactly I mean, if she can get him to do it right um and he's distracted and doesn't want to deal with her and it's like you know um, she's like, why don't you just don't you shoot Batman? you want to Batman? rev up your Harley? Yeah, I know. And she's like, why don't you just shoot Batman? And he's like, gets super mad at her and is like, it has to be a huge event when Batman gets killed. Magnificent, you know, this sort of thing. Something I can pull off. And then like, he like throws her. I don't know if it's like outside he is or both what. In the, and we watched the uh, cartoon as well. Yes. Which, uh, how'd you think they did adapting it? I think it was almost panel per panel uh, the the adaption I, there was not much that they left out um i think it was pretty much worded very similarly if not exactly um throughout so yeah i think it was 
uh, a very good adaption of of the comic book for sure. Um, yeah, there was only a couple things that they changed, and there's a few uh, moments that they let they cut a lot of the um, extra expository dialogue mm-hmm. out because some of that stuff that we knew they cut the part where she's sleeping with her teachers to get yes because <laughs> something to get that, the good grades. and I know like basing it on Mad Love, something that like they keep hitting in. Uh, Birds of Prey is that like I'm smart I got a PhD it's like right. well in the comic you like blue guys to get the PhD right. I'm not saying you're not smart maybe just the academic life isn't for you right but yeah you definitely like cut corners to get there right um, they cut that and then there's other things that like like when she shoots the uh, ribbon gun at at Gordon, Gordon yeah then she blows the smoke out of it yeah which is something that doesn't it's not it as fun really in, yeah, well on a panel, in yeah. But that's yeah. in motion. That that looks good. Yes. But yeah, I agree with you. Like it's it's fairly um, fairly uh, well adapted. Um, but continue. Um. Yeah. So what? Um. So so basically, he like throws her. I think it's like outside because that's where the hyenas are, which I guess are generally considered to be Harley's pets. And then in the movie, she has one hyena, not two. Anyways, um, then she like reminisces about how she fir- first met Mr. J, and um, uh, we see the the flashbacks of her first being at Arkham and being a psychologist, and and she's ambitious, and you get the idea that she is here not necessarily um, to to treat people. Um, but more to, you know, self-promote. Right. Like she's going to talk to some of these weirdos, get some good stories, and then write, write a like a, a psychology book, you know. Yes. Like a, a, Pop psychology a, a, or something. Exploitative kind of thing about them, yeah. Yeah. And she's warned off by another doctor that it's like, these guys, they're all magnetic personalities and megalomaniacs, you know. And right. if you think that you, if you underestimate them, you know, you'll be in trouble. Yes, exactly. Look what happens. Yeah. Um, she kind of gets in trouble. Like, um, and she gets really close to uh, the Joker. She even says, you know, I fell from a patient. Um, he. Well, she was vulnerable. You know, her dad traded her for a six pack of beer. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. That's part of that performative misogyny. It's weird. It's not part of her st- backstory. No. Had to make it like everybody has the worst life ever. Mm-hmm. And Cassandra Kane's like foster parents are like literally stabbing each other with chainsaws like <laughs> off screen. Yeah, they're yelling at each other. They're talking yeah. about how they don't want her there anymore. Yeah. And like Black Canary, you know, before she got the job with Roman Sionis, she was on the street. You know, it's like, why? I know. Why I didn't know. you just like, I don't know, drop out of college or something? Like, right. why did you, after your mom died, why did you have to be like, I was on the street? probably doing drugs but we don't want to get too into black stereotypes yeah i know it was uh... mad love is a comic (laughs) so uh it gets to a point where um the joker broke out of arkham and he was out for like a week and she was worried about him and then uh she gets brought back in and she breaks into like a costume shop and like Gets all this stuff and then goes back and breaks gets the Joker out. Costume, of mask, a plastic explosive. Yes. All the things you can get at a costume shop. Exactly. And uh, breaks him out. And she, you know, reminisces on that being like she thought that good times would never, you know, be wrong. And then she's like, Batman's the one who got in the way. So she like devises, she looks at B-Man. a. man. Yeah. She like. 
Joker's got a plan. Yes. Of the the death of a hundred smiles mm-hmm. or, or whatever, and it's his plan to like feed somebody to piranhas. But the yes. problem is, is that piranhas, and I I have to look look at a picture of a real piranha, but in this universe, their mouths all go down. Yeah, so it looks they like frown. they're frowning, so that's not going to work. Yes. And Harley uh, thinks this is the perfect plan. She tells she sends a videotape to Gotham PD and Gordon. That says, like, Mr. J's really gone off the deep end. He's going to kill everybody in Gotham. You know, this isn't funny anymore. I'll give you the plans. Meet me at the, at the wharf. Yes. And so they do. Uh, this is another case where you cut out dialogue because in the comic, you know, Batman's in contact with the cops. And he says, yes. I've been here since 1030. And it's enough time to check for traps. And I think, you know, she's clean. It's just giving right. us. It's helping us believe. It's selling it to the audience. Yes. But in the cartoon, you just show Batman on top of a building for four seconds and you go, right. he knows what's going on. He's exactly. Batman. Although you miss something great, which is in the in the comic or in the car, uh, yeah, the comic, he's sitting on the thing and the building he's on is like a bait shop, but you just see the top part of the sign and it says bait. <laughs> I didn't catch that. Yeah, which That's is really good. what, you know, the, the, the plans are yes. for the trap exactly. that Harley has for Batman because when he gets there, she knocks him out with a drug yes. and then gets him into the death trap. Yes. And she's figured out that she hangs him upside down. If she feeds him upside down to the fish, it looks, it looks like, like they're, they're smiling. smiling. Yeah. And she finally did it. She's fi- Mr. J is going to respect her and, you know, he's going to, everything's going to be great between them. Uh-huh. And that's when Batman starts laughing. Yeah. And she's like, I've never heard you laugh before. I don't think I like it. <laughs> You're scaring me. Yeah. And he's like, you know, these piranhas are going to pick me clean and it's all that's going to be left. I know. <laughs> all that's going to be left are bones and scraps of fabric. Kids WB. Right. Probably the first time the word crotch was ever used on Kids WB. I know. They tore the crotch out of his pants. I know. And uh, he's like... Joker's never going to believe you. And so she gets worried. So she calls the Joker. He'll never believe you, Harley. And so then the Joker comes because he's, as we've talked about before, he's a megalomaniac. Uh, and he has to be the one who kills Batman. And he uh, gets yeah. really mad at her. Well, the first thing he does is, oh, you're here. You backhands her. Yes. Because yeah. it's abuse. It is. It's and, abuse. And then. All you girls dressed up as Harley Quinn. I hope you're the liberated you don't own me harley quinns and not the i let mr j whip me around i know she gets a swordfish off the wall to well kind of well, beat well him with. if you want to do it do it right yeah because the joker makes a point at the beginning of the uh issue or or show about how uh you know, it's tough. Hey, you know, it's tough to be a comedian. Uh, you're always taking f- shots from folks who just don't get the joke. <laughs> right. And uh, that comes back at the end because she's like, see, I turned them upside down and it's another smile. It and works it, now. But you had to explain it to me. Yes. If you explain the joke, there is no joke. Right. Yes. I'm doing my, this is my reel for <laughs> the new Batman it's show. pretty good. Uh so, and he pushes her out of window. Yes. <laughs> presumably killing her. And she said, it's my fault. I didn't get the joke. And there's like a huge pool of blood in the, in in the, the alley. Com- in the comic. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in the show, you know, we, we get the idea. She fell a really long way down. Yeah. And then he gets Batman off of the hook and uh, is about to let him go and says, like, I'm sorry or what have you. Yeah. And he's like, oh, sorry. We'll just do this some other time. And then he's like, but you know... 
This is a really great opportunity. Um, a bat in the hand is worth two in the belfry. Yeah. And somehow Batman gets loose. No, it's awesome. It's so Batman because Joker just, she does suggest before, just shoot him. And so he's just going to shoot him and the Batman, you know, knocks his hand and uh, yes. he shoots through the piranha tank. Yes. So now there's piranhas pouring everywhere. out everywhere. And Batman hops because he's chained, you know, just in uh, legs together. So he hops all the way over to his belt, leaps and catches his belt. In his teeth. Yes. And the whole time, the Joker's like being assaulted by piranhas. Like, oh, very funny. Ow, ow. Yeah. And so he gets all of his stuff out and the Joker runs out and he goes and chases the Joker. And the Joker does one of those classic things where it seems like he's going to die. He falls off a building that he jumped to, but he lands on a on train a that's train. spinning away. Yeah. And he's like, see ya, sucker. And, uh, and then Batman gets on the train. And it doesn't matter how. Because at this point in the story, you it's just, just know, Batman. how could Batman watch the train go around the corner and the Joker turns around and Batman's on the train? I know, right? But, yeah. Uh, and she then almost had me, you know. Right. She's saying, he's saying, he's taunting him and saying that like she got Chained. closer than you ever did. Head dizzy from the blood rushing to it. Yes. Yeah. But I knew that you couldn't let it go. Yes. Pudding. Yeah. And then he like loses it and they fight and he falls into a smokestack. I think the last time, well, cut to the chase. Uh, I think the, what's the opposite? You exhume the lead. <laughs> Write that down. Uh, the last time we talked about this, uh, when I was talking with uh, Andy Blakebro, yes. um, artist on the show, Andrew Blakebro Creations on Instagram, look it up. Uh, I was always like, you always these always come down to the Joker fighting Batman hand to hand and why mm -hmm. should it come down to that he's just a skinny guy with like yellow teeth right like, yeah it's true but he's like but he's got crazy strength right <laughs> he's like he's got the strength of a madman yeah well and there's always that part where he goes flick and he's got like a knife or something oh like yeah that. yeah yeah and that happens on this too um and you know, I, I love the fact that, like, Batman knows that if he tells Harley she needs to call the Joker, that she's going to, and that the Joker will come and basically rescue him because he doesn't want anybody else to kill him but him. And, well, and then I guess we, we move to the the end of the comic, the end of the, the cartoon, where um, Harley is in Arkham, I think we can presume, and she's all bandaged up. Which, in I can't remember how it looks in the comic. Um, I'm not going to look it up, but I know in the cartoon, Arkham is like a castle? I know it's an old building. Yeah. But they had like plaster in the 1860s. Right. But their cells are all uneven bricks like a dungeon like they're yeah, like just it's, there's, it's stone upon stone yeah is that a good therapeutic environment doesn't seem like it <laughs> and then like the oh, sorry <laughs> right and right. then their 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 rooms have like a glass door that like comes down sure. which is somehow yeah but um at the the very end she's all like oh i'm i you know that's it i'm no more psychopaths no more joker you know i've learned my lesson and then we see the single like rose or tulip with like a note that says hope you feel better soon that Jay. mirrors the what he did when she first arrived in yes. arkham is he put a flower in her, in her office. office yes and so then she's all like oh she's still in love with him and it's like okay 
know well, where this is going. And it's it's funny because it's different between the comic and the um, cartoon, even though that character um, of her colleague who sort of introduces her to um, to Arkham mm-hmm. um, doesn't come back in the cartoon, but comes back, you know, at the end. And she says, like, you know, how did it feel to be so dependent on a man that you'd give everything up for him mm-hmm. and get nothing in return. Yeah. And even Harley's like, you know, telling herself no more, no more obsession, no more craziness. Right. And she asks her how, how it feels. And she says it, it felt like, and sees the card. Yes. And immediately it's back to, it felt like a kiss. Yes. Which is the point of the story in a tale of empowerment can empower the reader without empowering the character. And That's we can true. see the character and understand the depth of the obsession and how far lost they are by watching them go right back into it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's – characters are not people. You can do things to characters. Right. But you can also – the reader can go, that's, that's, not... that's a bad thing to get into. Right. It's, it would be really bad to be somebody who is so dependent like this. Yes. And you know what? What? I think I might like the end of the show better mm. because it really leverages uh it really leverages the actress's portrayal uh of I, I of think Harley I know what you're in a saying. better way. Yeah. In that it's all we hear her internal monologue. So she's saying to herself, you know, that's it, no more obsession, no more craziness, no more joker. I can't believe that I'd be, you know, obsessed with somebody who's you know, that that horrible, monstrous, you know, jerky. And then she looks over and sees a thing. Angel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like her inner monologue is is like Harley Quinn Quinzel, like when she was the psychologist. And then she ends with it, it's Harley. She's back because Dr. Uh, Dr. J. She's back because Mr. J is. Yeah. It's, present. Not, it's not that deep. though. I mean, yeah. It's just, I know. It's just the delivery. All right. Fair. Uh, but I think it's done well. Yeah. Um, it's uh, strong to very strong. Yes. <laughs> and this story is, like I said before, without Gail Powa or without whatever Birds of Prey was doing, mm-hmm. um, a better and more educational and engrossing tale of like obsession and abuse mm-hmm. than... Birds of Prey succeeds at being, although yeah. I think if you watched, I'm sure the hundreds of hours that Margot Robbie has already done uh, of interviews mm-hmm. about this film, in every single one of them, she'll say it's a film about surviving abuse. Right. And it is only nominally that. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't really touch upon it that much no. at all. It is uh, a serial box you know, that doesn't have actual size on it where it's like the frosted mini weed is huge. Right. And then you open up the box and it's just like, you know, a quarter inch, not very big at all. Like it is supposed to be about that. And I don't think that, don't get me wrong. I don't think like as a comic book movie, it has any responsibility to tell like a important uh, tale about like emotions or abuse or something like that. Mm -hmm. But don't sit there and tell me it is. When you've got this little four-color comic book that does it so much better than your right. endless movie that goes on forever. Yeah, it was. Uh, it it felt excruciatingly long, but uh, has she ever seen the Joker? Does he is he ever nice to her? Does he ever like she imagines this whole future where they're getting 
uh, married. Jerry Lewis, I think, kids. is marrying them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you take this lady? Yeah. Uh, like, would, would she ever assume that he would want any of this? This is, I mean, this yeah, is delusion, right? This is yeah. the delusion that we're talking about. Yes, it is. But, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think it's really great. Something else I like is, I haven't watched the animated series in a while, but you can just hear everybody when you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you just hear all the classic voices. Yes. Which, they're all still alive and working. Right. I don't know why we don't all get back together and right. do Batman. I guess we had Batman Beyond, but just like the further adventures of Batman and Robin. Right. Why don't we go back to this well? Where <laughs> why aren't we there's a lot doing that? Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. Except you had to explain it to me. <laughs> you have to explain a joke. There is no joke. Yeah. Would you recommend Mad Love? I would recommend Mad Love. If you don't own Mad Love, you need to own Mad Love. And you can get the Mad Love Deluxe Edition as well, which is uh, fully recolored and restored. Also has the entire original uh, sketches storyboards for Mm -hmm. the original tale, which have some different panels. Oh, okay. Because, uh, yeah, the editor was like, you can't do that. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I know that this is comics. We can be a little more adult, but uh, it ain't going to work. And one thing, uh, Tim originally drew the Revin' Up Your Harley panel mm-hmm. he was thinking about an old chopper okay yeah. so so when she's doing that she's got her legs uh-huh. apart okay and like sure forward, like yeah and it's like uh so you can't, can't do that, do that. No, it's a little too uh <laughs> a little too much a little too suggestive there yes. uh and some other things that they cut out there's also interviews with Dini and tim uh and their recollections some of which are i don't know it was 10 years ago <laughs> but uh yeah yeah it's a fascinating read and it's uh, voluminous. There's a lot of material in there. Yes. If you're interested in that kind of thing. So uh, definitely check that out. Yeah, I would recommend it for sure. Revving up, revving up the heart. Yeah, I know. Which is, uh, I don't want to know any more about that. <laughs> nope, I'm not touching that. <laughs> now there's the Joker. Uh, yeah. Well, that's our show for this week. It turned out okay. We made it. It's rough. Yeah, it came out the other end. What? What? What do we do? I know I'm gonna eat some Chinese food. Yes. And um, I don't know. Watch something that I Cleansing. love. Yeah. Yeah. But it can't yeah. be serious. Maybe it should be serious because that would be the opposite of Harley Quinn. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I don't know. Fire up Kramer versus Kramer. Oh my goodness! You just the feel good hit of 1979. Wow, people loving it. Yeah, uh, the the old marriage story. The old marriage story. <laughs> this is like it's a prequel. This is how like right. Alan Alda, the, the, how his parents got divorced, <laughs> and then as he's getting divorced, right, and uh, punching through drywall, he's like, man, I d- wish I never wanted to end up like my dad getting divorced. <laughs> But that's, I don't know, there's not really. There's marriage proposal, marriage story, yeah, and then marriage um, end, marriage. I don't know. Pre-divorce? Prenup review. Prenup review, sure. Marriage papers ending signing time, <laughs> which is the Japanese translation oh, sure. of uh, Kramer versus Kramer. That was, sure. the, that was the title there. <laughs> 
yeah. I could see it. I, I read that like you know like Bad Moms is um, a movie for some reason. That's oh, like yeah, two of them aren't there. Yeah, I don't know. But like the foreign translation was like these moms, you don't, <laughs> <laughs> not not great, not great moms. Great. So I like it. There you go. <laughs> uh, follow us on social media. Join the conversation on Discord. You can do all these things by going to. Uh, just an up trope on Twitter, uh, on Instagram and Facebook, and also in our show notes, uh, we have links to join the Discord where mm-hmm. we've got all kinds of discussion going on. I'm not, we're not combative. I love discussing no. all kinds of things. I'm an opinionated person. I respect other people's opinions, but I am really fascinated to know if you enjoyed this movie or not, or if you saw this movie. Looking at the box office, yeah, odds are you did not see this movie. Right. If you did and you liked it, uh, I'd like to know what you liked about it. Because uh, I'd love to tell you what I didn't like. <laughs> so do that. Uh, also, find us on the listening platform of your own personal choice and subscribe to us, review us, and give us a rating there because that's how we get moving up in those ranks. That's right. Um, looks like Zaz is down. Now we're up. It's our it's our opportunity to be the guy that pushes the story forward <laughs> because Ewan McGregor is busy dancing around and wearing like Golf clo- uh, gloves or like driving know. gloves or yeah, something? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe what was it supposed to be? Supposed to go with his mask that was black? I don't I know. I guess. Weird. Also, just say Scottish. Right. They they have a whiskey fortune or something like that. Sure. Or a Scotch for- fortune. Sure. Because another thing you McGregor can't do. Accents. Accents. <laughs> Any kind of accent <laughs> at all. Yeah, I guess. The negotiations will short. <laughs> Like, that's close. Is he from Liverpool? I don't know. Yeah, right. That sounds like Uh, it. Yeah, so give us a rating. Five accents, but not that. Yes. Five stars instead. Uh, We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Yes. It's probably going to be Lock and Key. Or Sonic the Hedgehog. Which I'm also not looking forward to either of those things. Yes. Just a real tough winner for the Just Enough Trope podcast. It is. But we're going to make... All the fun out of it we can. And yes. until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. Yeah.